0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Billy Moore Podcast. And today's special guest is Michael Emmy, author of Sins of Our Fathers. How are you, mate?
1: I'm alright, mate. How are you, Billy?
0: Brilliant. Thanks for um thanks for coming on. Oh
1: no, it's my pleasure.
0: Get a little bit to the mic and we'll get, get going. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thanks for inviting me, Bill.
0: Yeah, so do us a favour, tell us a little bit about yourself so the the audience gets to know who you are.
1: Right, so a bit about myself was I come from a sort of a um my father, really, he was a career criminal. So I was brought up in that environment. But um, and my mother was sort of a good old South London woman. A sort, of, uh, sort of, they were war ch- children. You know, they were sort of, my mum was into this bouffant air style foosai lashes. Yeah. And my dad was a sort of a, he was a villain. He was a, I, wouldn't say, I don't like the word gangster, but he was well known in the fraternity of sort of, they call it the London underworld. He, um, he was a, he was a strong man, he, he, he could fight. Emotionally, I used to find him quite weak. But, you know, on the streets of London, he had a little bit of a reputation. He was well thought of. But for my dad, I think he was... Um, he had all the addictions, my father, but he was sort of ignorant to that because I think back in the day, it wasn't really known, you know? You just got on with it. You know, I'm a tough man, I'm this, weird, whatever he was. Uh, and I think he... From what he'd experienced, because he'd been married four times... And my mother was his second wife. He wanted a better, better, better life for his children, so he took us down to live in Surrey. And it was a bit of a contrast coming out of the flats. I loved the flats. I was born in the council flats in, in in South London, and going to the Surrey in like in 1963. You know, it was like the Darling Buds of May. I don't know if you ever remember that series. Yeah, it was but it. that's what it felt like going down to Epsom and New Malden and going to school with kids who spoke nicely. I was a little Cockney kid. And so it was a bit of a, uh, like being put in the plunge pool. And and, and I found it a little bit difficult, to be honest with you.
0: So, change? Yeah,
1: change for me. I think I've struggled a a lot of my life, well, all of my life, with addictions. Yeah. And um, and like the obvious, the drug addictions and the alcohol, they're, they're the obvious. But for me, it's not about that. It's about, I think we're born with it yeah uh, and so
0: that's that's something i've heard bandied about a few times you know over the years you know um, i was born and i used to like like going back many years ago when i first came into recovery and i listened to them um, people share and they go you know i was born an addict and i was thinking how do you know mm. right and then you look at the pattern yeah. you know the history of the family yeah. and how that went so what's your experience and, and how do you feel that you were born with this this addiction
1: Well, I suppose very early age, a a young age, there was sort of some sexual abuse around me, yeah. Uh, My parents never knew. Uh, And so that was sort of impregnated in me as a dysfunction. But my book is called Sins of Fathers because I I really believe this, that the behaviour that my grandfather sort of played around with uh, and what my dad, it became apparent about my dad, I'd done things that my dad done without him even showing me. So he didn't show me about criminal life, he didn't show me about drug addictions. So I started to be at a very young age, I got disconnected, I, I was very rageful, um, I think it had a lot to do, some of it with the abuse, but I think it was in me, it was operating, I was never. I was at dis-ease with myself, uh, believe it or not, I was quite shy. Um, I started to sort of have conversations in my head. I was at a very young age, uh, and as I grew into that sort of um, 11-year-old child, uh, then it even got worse for me. I I found it hard to connect into reality. So there was always something going on where I had to fix myself. I started to be a naughty boy. So then I started to realise, looking back, that there was always the yin and yang, the high and low. I was looking to fix this hole that was inside of me. So I believe it's hereditary.
0: Yeah, so you've got that vacuum, and it's um, you know you're suffering with low self-esteem growing up, yeah. and all the outside things yeah. seem to make just to, to alleviate those yep. those feelings. I've, I've I've experienced that kind of uh, that similar. Yeah,
1: and it's quite. Way of growing up. Sorry, Bill. Sorry.
0: I was saying I was experienced that similar way of growing up. I was just thinking about it then. It's just um, there was always something missing. That, they talk about that vacuum don't you know, they And we need to fill it with something yeah. you know if you get the best trainees that are out or the latest you feel good your yourself but only briefly Absolutely. it never goes away and it's an internal it's an inside job You know that don't we Absolutely. you know that's that's yeah. what they talk about it's, it is life is like it, it, um all about like what's inside and not outside it, there's always I was always looking for things on the outside of me to make me feel better and then someone said to me one day Bill it's an inside job mm-hmm. you've got to you know, you've got to find that humility, that love, that compassion, that yeah. understanding. Everything's got to come from within. Mm. And then you don't go without. Uh, oh, that's yeah. a lovely saying.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, uh, we're con- what, what's that saying, you know, uh, one's too many in a thousand, not enough. Yeah. And I suppose from a young man not understanding that, uh, my sister was very bright at school. Um, I wasn't. My younger brother was very bright at school and mm. I wasn't. Now my dad was very bright, so whether they that was you know what they got from my father. Mm. My mother was sort of she was a uh, my mother was a funny lady. She she had a great sense of humour. She she wasn't bright academically, but she had sort of a an understanding of people's values. Uh, she was for the underdog. She was always, leave him alone and always like the naughty boys. It was like as if she sort of uh, embraced the naughtiness of her son. And I think she must have had a watchful eye on me because I think my mum early days spotted that I walked with a limp sort of thing. There, were, there was sort of damage that she couldn't quite put her finger on it. And her brother, one of her brothers, God rest his soul, he was a beautiful man, but he was a schizophrenic. Yeah. Uh, and I think she had fears that that might be upon me, um, which it never was. And I've now, as I've got older and I've researched this and I've worked my program and I've, I've tried to change the, who I am, then I started to realise that this stuff inside of me, yeah, needed, like you say, it's an injo- inside job. It needed to be loved, it needed to be nurtured. But through the ignorance of not understanding addiction at a very young age, a very young age, i'm talking about a very young age i disconnected Mm. and i was living in this michael's world in this little dream world that um i was always trying to impress i was always trying to be good at something but there was a little voice in me that i i realized today was a voice that's saying you're no good Mm. you ain't got what it takes and so i was always trying to overcompensate that emotion
0: yeah i think a lot i think there's 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 plenty of people out there who have that that voice mm. that comes from. Mm. It talks them in their own voice. Yeah. Tells them that they're not worthy, they're not good, mm. they're not good enough, they're not going to amount to anything. I hear most of my life. Yeah. You know, so it's um, it's a struggle. Yeah. It was a struggle growing up. Very much, so. and it, it seems that we've had a, a similar path. Yeah. What led you down to um, the path of crime, Do you think?
1: Well, it was funny because Brian, my father, he he, he had another son. Uh, he was called Brian too. They call him Little Brian. So he was a bank robber. Yeah. So my dad didn't influence that, but it was it was the fraternity of the people that he grew up in. But with me, I know my dad was adamant about mm. keeping me away, and. Um, for the goodness of a, a of a future life, so he thought it was an outside job, send him to a nice school, mm. dress him in nice clothes, educate him, which is a lovely thing. But 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 for, for for me, as a very young age, I started stealing. To his astonishment, when I was about eleven, so I was looking for that that high and low then, and and I wanted to impress the girls. So I used to go into Walworth. It was like what a village, but back in the day in Surrey in New Malden, it was very quiet. So Woolworths, it wasn't like London. And I'd go in there and I'd nick all like uh, mascaras and lipsticks for the girls to show off. I sort of like kissing girls at a very young age. Yeah. I was, it was quite dysfunctional. And then all of a sudden, I had my first taste of booze when I was about 11. Yeah. But my mum and dad always had drink in the house because my dad was like a sort of a... He was a club. He wasn't like Peter Stringfellow, but he had like a drinking club in Ballon when we was younger. So mm-hmm. There was always booze in the house. But the first time I think I started to turn to crime... Was I think it was an addiction. I, I liked the high of it, the low of it. Uh, and Then I started getting into fights uh, and, and to my dad's dismay, you know, he was adamant that I weren't going to do it. But as a young man, I remember as a very young man seeing my dad have one violent fight in the street which frightened the life out of me. And I know he didn't mean it uh, but there was a bit of trouble. He parked me round the corner he had a yeah. fight with a guy in the street. The guy come running round the corner after my dad had sort of done some damage, and as you know, sods law. Ye- years ago, the cars, where the wheel was inside, it's not like it is today, you could sit on top of it, it was like a wheel arch inside the car, it was an old Jaguar, I think. And I remember sitting there, the little corner uh, 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 window, and the geezers come running around the corner, tripped, and he fell against the car, right where I was sitting, sods law. And his face was there, I was only a kid, but it traumatised me.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: Badly traumatised me. My dad come around around the corner, went to have another... I screamed. You know, I know it's, how do I remember these things. I've spoken to about my dad as I was growing up, and it was something that really laid, it impregnated me, and it frightened the life out of me. And my dad got quite emotional, picked me up. I was crying. Dad, daddy got emotional. And I think that had an influence as well. And then growing up um meeting my dad's friends not knowing who they were but they'd seen them in the newspapers mm. and and so the subconscious mind started to realize that we was living a lie so who
0: were your dad's friends that you
1: yeah. recognized well my dad was uh associated back in the day with people like grew up with people like freddie foreman mm. um i met eddie richardson at a very young age um there was other guys who, who I won't mention on this podcast because mm. they would get then they've not been sort of put out there in the way a lot of people are, but there was I knew that there was uh, the train. So the London,
0: the London Underground, the fraternity. Yeah, very much. So, so them, they're not the well-known faces that we all know. Yeah, Frankie not Yeah,
1: I met them all as a young man, yeah. and so then you start to realise and
0: yeah. Did they did they have an impression upon you? Did you, did you feel like that you wanted to be? Because I remember reading books when I was away. Right, and I always wanted to be this character in this book yeah. right Charlie Bronson okay I'll be him I'll, I'll bend prison doors I'll climb on prison roofs you no know, I, I believed it to be yeah, true sure, right. and I think sometimes when you read these books and you go into the fantasy of it all mm. because that's what we do you, you talked about it before you know you lived in a fantasy world yeah. you were trying to impress a lot of people and, yeah. and do a lot of things that you know just to make yourself feel good Absolutely. about who you were yeah. and for me it was all about reading books and being somebody else yeah, yeah. always believed that, you know, I always thought I was adopted, you know, and that my family were millionaires, you know, and I, I always, like, used to look for flaws in my own mean, family. I don't laugh at Yeah, I used to all look at flaws in my family and think, no, I'm definitely different. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm being picked up at the, <laughs> I was the wrong one. And You know, you go into all this yeah. stuff because you don't...
1: Understand reality.
0: Yeah, you don't understand reality, and you don't feel like you, you, you fit into society and, yeah. and, and be a part of, like... Yeah. I used to look at my own family from outside and think I don't even belong inside right. it was just strange
1: Yeah, no, I get
0: and, and, and you you know the similar I think that's with the addiction side of things like sure. my brother had friends right I couldn't get a friend you know I couldn't have fucking, I, I didn't know how to, 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 to relate to anyone right. no one was knocking at the door for me to go out right. you know so I always felt jealous and envious what do you think that was I don't know I, I, I felt I, well I do know now I, it was because I was I was so insecure yeah I had low self-esteem. Yeah. I was embarrassed at the way my dad was behaving and acting. Right. You know, because he was, um, you know, because he was drinking a lot. Right. And it was, he, uh, to me, it, you know, it brought shame upon, yeah. you know, I couldn't bring a friend down with my dad doing that, kicking right. off. And, you know, he's battered me in front of people. Yeah. You know, when I was a young kid. So, you know, if you meet girls, you don't want to get beat up by your dad. Right, for sure. You know, and so th- th- I think that was the reason. So I isolated myself and I separated myself and it was really lonely. Yeah. And, um, at
1: a very young age,
0: bro? At a very, very young age, it really was. It was. Um, when
1: did you pick up? When did you, when did
0: you start using? I'd say it was, I must have been about nine, ten, and I was stealing some pan out of me auntie's handbag. You wasn't taking them? Yeah, just taking, Like they used to get these uh, little yellow 20s. Oh, I know and know yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the capsules, the eggs. Yeah, I remember them. I and they were green ones. Yeah, used to eat the, the yellow ones and get a little wobble off them. And, really? Yeah, they enjoyed the feeling.
1: Yeah, no, I understand that.
0: I did, I, and people say they took drugs to change the way they felt. I, I think I took them out of curiosity. They were there. And I liked the way they made me feel then. Yeah, me too. And then I moved and progressed to other things. Right. So, yeah, that was um, my experience was quite early. Right. However, I didn't take that drug and then become immediately addicted to something else. I kind of went through a bit of a life. Yeah. And then I was at the age of 16 where I, I snowballed. Heavily then.
1: Where was it up in Liverpool?
0: Yeah, it was, yeah, Liverpool, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because when, with the knowledge that I have today, it doesn't make it any easier. It just makes it easier to, 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 to deal with. So I, my heart breaks to think that my dad didn't understand. Yeah. yeah? And um, shame, yeah. Yeah, it breaks my heart, nor my grandfather. Mm. And so they lived in this torment without understanding that there was a way out. Yeah. Uh, my dad searched towards the end of his life. But I think when I look back on it, and I think that like when I first got drunk, when I was 11, now my mum and dad used to have optics, old fashioned little bar. And when there was a party in my house when we lived in the flats, I can remember finding my mum's gin and tonic. I'd get her a, a bit of lipstick, a bit of lipstick. The the smelly ashtray. I used yeah. to love it. But I remember drinking my mum's gin and tonic and liking how warm it used to make me feel. And I was mm. only six or seven. I never, I never used to, do, to get drunk with it, but I'd go to my sister Karen, oh, and we cause it was mummy's glass. Mm. But it was a sensation here that, that, that even at a young age, I, I didn't put I didn't equate it then, but I liked the way it used to make me feel. And then I remember mm. getting drunk on a party. Remember them party fours? Mm. It was like you'd get four pints of lager in one tin. And I remember me and my mates, we was in New Mall I was about 11, and I got plastered. Uh, and so it went on from there, and then I realised that I was always constantly trying to impress, like we just said a minute ago. Uh, and, and it's quite frightening when you look back, but we're resilient kids. You know, kids are so resilient. And so that's why I have a compassion for children that they are yeah. struggling. But it's funny how it takes off and, uh, and what, it, what it means and, and how life-changing it can be, and how tough we are. Mm. We're a mixture of an opposite, I believe, us addicts. Mm. Very tough, very weak. And so before I knew it, the, the mental said I couldn't concentrate in school. And before I knew it, I was I, I got on this merry-go-round of constant fixing myself because I couldn't sit quietly with Michael. I mean, it's sad, really. Mm. When I think about it, and be at peace and, and just be a lovely young boy, which we would love to be as a child. Uh, and then the influence of dad. And then before I knew it, I, I, I was just off for, for many years at it.
0: Mm. It's, you know, what I was thinking of a song then, like, let, the children's, let the Children's Laughter Remind us I love of, that how, of how it used to be. I love that See, you know, when I, I see my little boy and he's laughing, he's giggling, and I think, how oh, innocent and how beautiful oh. is he? And and I feel was I ever like that? And I always ask me mum questions. Yeah. You know, did, did my dad ever, you know, yeah. treat me the way I treat my son? Or and she, she's, she's old school. I think they lived, They come from a generation of like, you know, parents who were who were, who were in the war. Yeah, that's Children of the war. And that's what it was. You know, there was a there was a lot of austerity. Yeah, very um, much. So. And very closed off. Yeah, very. In was lacking in, in, yeah. in areas now there's a little there's a, there's a lot more love mm. and because well, we've learned because mm. we've missed it growing up yeah. and we know what it's like not to receive it I agree. so what we do is we give it to the people that need it absolutely and that's the change going forward yeah, i feel yeah. like you know michael it's true though yeah
1: because you've brought a tear to my heart, bill uh, 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 that's very true uh, and i'm michael you're billy but the addict is, it operates in, 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 it's cunning and baffling. But I think when we accept the fact what we may have missed, yeah, and we're now we're changing the inside job, thank God that you went through that misery for the sake of your son. Mm. So he doesn't. And not thank God you went through it, but what a learning, because we break the curse, I believe, uh, sins of fathers. Yeah. The, the Bible, and I don't want to get religious on you, it talks about, the the ancestral sin, yeah, the sins of the forefathers. Your dad drinking a lot, you drinking a lot, and by the way, I, 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 I loved your life, I loved your film, loved your book, and not because you've made a film and made a book, because what I loved about it was that po- poignant moment when you said, "This is it," when you was running down the track in wherever it was in Thailand, and there's that moment that you decided no more no matter what, you're beating yourself up like I have. Yeah. And I think that revelation of breaking that, um, that's call it a sin, call it addiction, call it whatever you like. So your son, Sean, is his name? Hey, Albie. Sorry, Albie, so sorry. So he doesn't, if, if he is impregnated with it, he can have the tools, he can have the love, he can have, and pray God he's not, but you, you, you're now equipped to make your son's life so much nicer. So your son, 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 son's sons 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 will must will be very grateful for the turnaround in your life. Yeah, for the, for the Amen the, that. Yeah, for the experience that
0: you yeah. went through. Amen that. It's it's benefiting the future. Absolutely. Of your legacy. And I yeah, so Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, yeah. It made it made perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. It made a lot. you um,
1: You got a nice way about you, Bill. Thank you. A very thank you. peaceful Way. It was It was never always
0: no. that way. Oh, no, <laughs> way. It was a. It was very volatile and see. I see. I still get it. You know. Some days. You know. And it's like the you rage. Go, yeah. You, you. know. It's like it's inside. It never goes away. No, no matter how much yeah. you try and you're you trying bury it. You, you know. You can act spiritual. You can. You, you can. You can be holier than thou. But the reality is, you know, when you're driving that car and or, 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 or there's someone mm. in your way or in your face and, and it comes up. Mm. I have to, push, I have to push that down, mm. you with know, that feeling. Mm. I just bite me tongue and I just walk away. Yeah, right. Because it's not that I'm scared of them. It's I'm scared of myself mm. and how I will react. Yeah. And then there's a consequence. Absolutely. So I'm grateful that I've got that awareness. Amen. That's that's Absolutely. that's 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 what I've learned. I've that's got the this, gift. I've got that awareness where I can take that breath and that breath separates the men from the boys where um, you go. Mm. Make that decision. Beautiful. Play the tape forward. Yeah. Where's this going to take you? Yeah. And you can do that in a split second. No, you've got, yeah,
1: you've, got, you've got to practice it. Yeah. You've got to practice it. You know, it
0: has a um, name. It hasn't come easy. Do you think it's shame based? Yes. Yeah. It has, I have lived in shame. Shit. Isn't it? Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It is. You know, I was lived, in The world
0: shame. Yeah. You it's know. Naughty. I've heard i uh, I've heard a few. I've heard a few good shares on. On shame and. You know. How to deal with it, mm. how do you deal with it?
1: How do I deal with it? I suppose it, 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 it's a daily sort of uh conquest, but I think if I'm abstinent from the consequence of shame, i.e., if I don't react, who does he think he is? Who's he looking at? I'm 63 years of age, and I've still got the bad end, but I can't have a fight, but, but I still think I'm a <laughs> tear away. So if I don't. If I, what you just said, the analogy of what you said is, is the perfect uh, addict's way of being free mm. from not the drugs, but the behaviour, yeah? So if we deal with shame in that way, then we get better at it, and it ain't toxic, and then it don't have a voice. So I think in all areas of my life, be it greed, control, lust, um, responding to shame, low self-worth... So I, I think what it is, it's being abstinence from allowing the consequences to make the emotion worse. So if I lash out in shame or whatever, then the consequence gets worse and worse and worse. The shame bubble's available, but if I say no, and it's difficult, yeah? especially in relationships with women I struggle badly, who do you think you are, that sort of syndrome, don't you know? And it's only my broken child getting better. So how do I shame, uh, deal with it in a nutshell? Is I become abstinence mm. from what it wants to be. And, and I can't be that person and then the following day like myself. And I need to like myself or be kind to myself so i can be kind to you, my next door neighbor, my children. But my, my, one of the most blessed situations that has helped my recovery or helped me love myself and my grandchildren, yeah, mm. because I wasn't available for my children, as much as my heart was. I, I love kids. I mean, mm. when I got arrested, I got arrested at gunpoint, and 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 the, and and the, and the, and the, and the coser said to me, "A penny be your faults," mm. and that's not an ego shout the gun the gun, but that's my reality. And I said, "My three children." And I was this big boisterous criminal, screaming and shouting. And when he said, a "Penny be your faults," I said, "My children, my three children," and I started to weep. And I'm sitting on the floor in North Devon with a boatload of cannabis. And all I couldn't think about was my three kids. And I could, I never, I adored them. But my nutty head, I was either having sex with another woman, sadly. Mm. I was taking drugs or I was at crime. And my grandchildren have broken my heart for the purpose of good. So I've got a heart language now. Uh, and my grandchildren have been a major part in me establishing love for myself.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I mean, that's that's a nice way to put it, because you're not the man you was sitting before me today back then, because you spent a long time in prison. Mm. Your life, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on this now. Was uh, was one of like international drug smuggling. Yeah, you know, how did that come about? What what happened there? You know, where was it? What was you doing? How much was you bringing in?
1: We'll only keep to what I was arrested for. Okay, that's cool. So, that's cool. Not eventually... <laughs> We're not going <laughs> to... <laughs> so um, so I, I suppose the progression was this, that, that I, I think in the sort of 80s, it seemed to me that when criminals get involved with a certain crime uh, and they get away with things like uh, fraud or bank robberies or whatever's the flavour of the time, then the police get involved uh, and then they hire the sentences and, and, and then all of a sudden, so the criminals changed to a different sort of way of getting money. Mm. So at that particular time in the 80s, um, I, 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 I know drugs were available, but not to the extreme of what, what and I don't, I, just, I don't want to tell tales about drug dealing or anything like that, but cannabis then was sort of the new kid on the block. Mm. And my dad, and, and I wouldn't be speaking about this, Bill, if they was alive, but it was my dad and a guy called Joe Powell, yeah? And uh, and there was another guy who, who since passed away, who was Joe's good friend, a guy called Alex Steen, and and they was you know they used to do all sorts of things, and, and Alex was a a, a a ticket promoter with the boxing in in the West End, so there was all that going on, and they had connections out in America. Uh, Joe was connected through Alex through the five families out there, real stuff, real stuff. Uh, and my dad was out there with Joe and. Uh, my dad was an handful, you know, he wasn't, um, he, he was an handful, my dad, so he was a little bit of like, uh, uh, but he was likeable, lovable rogue, uh, they were both very game, they were both very clever, so I'm not saying it, it's, it come out of that uh, Italian mob, but there was Italians involved in Europe. They're all dead, otherwise I wouldn't be talking about it, trust me. And they started to do a cannabis run into the UK in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I was a young kid. All my mates were doing apprenticeship plumbing jobs and driving jobs and all that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and, I, and I got um, drawn in to seeing bags of money. Um, I, start, I was using myself at the time. And I think my dad started to realise, because I've been nicked, I've been into Brixton Prison for handling stolen goods, that I think, reluctantly he opened a small door for me. So I started to get on the tail end of what they was doing. It weren't drugs to them, it was a commodity. It was something that you smuggled, it was against the law, so there's the excitement there because they didn't know anything different. Well, they did, they were clever business people, but there was a profit at the end of the day. So they weren't drug takers, my dad and Joe. And so I got onto that and I got a flavor for it. Uh, and Before you knew it, I started doing my own bits and pieces. Um, I was in a heavy, heavy duty chase by police. I was with a guy who was, who was badly wanted. Uh, we got smashed to pieces in a car crash. Um, I got charged in chambers because they couldn't find the evidence at the time. They found it later because it was concealed in a car and it smashed to pieces this motor. And back in the day, if you was wanted by the police, you went down to Marbella. So I went down to Marbella. Uh, this is in '83, '84. And it was like my boy. It, it was, and he was a he's a lovely man, Freddie Foreman. So Fred's there, the, 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 the Ronnie Knight, and I'm not name dropping. It's just you know he, he, the, the people the, you met. Yeah, they were there. But I was influenced. Yeah. And then my dad had a bit of influence with Joe. So there was a little thing that they found for me to do, and I was getting a couple of quid, messing about, being naughty. But something very tragic happened to me down there in 1985. My uh, my younger brother, who was I would. Dis- I would, disclu- I would describe, and it's not perfection in, in, in life, in materialism or, or being correct, he, he, he was perfection in love. This kid was a love ball, beautiful, beautiful boy, I, I, I have a privilege to call him my brother. Uh, and My grandfather was dying, my mother's father, so he come down to Spain. Uh, a couple of times to visit me, we'd had a few little fights. Do you remember the fighter Eddie Ayo? No, no. He was a, We'd had a fight with him, so he'd fought Bob Foster for the eliminated for the light for light heavyweight championship of the world. So he, he was useful. We had a fight with him. It got a little bit notorious down there oh, and all that. And they don't want it because they're they're wanted and they want the police away from them. So I made a bit of a noise, negative noise for myself. But it was an arm down there because I knew me dad. And then one day we all went out and we got stoned and we was taking drugs. And my brother wasn't really a big drug user. We had an argument about my father because my dad had met another woman and he fell in love with another woman and he was leaving my mother. So we was talking about that. We had an argument. I gave him the car keys. I won't go into it any much longer. He drove to Malaga Airport on the way back. He went underneath a lorry and it killed him stoned dead, yeah. So that was it, that was just what they'd done it exploded the hole oh my god I cried out to god what have you done and when I say it was nasty it, it was nasty he was in a terrible state the kid uh, I had to go and get his body and get him home I was wanted by the police uh, two days later my grandfather died so my mother buried her son and, and her dad on the same day I came home I had to be at his funeral and his girlfriend was six months pregnant. He never met his son, who's a beautiful boy today. Charles, the most incredible. My brother would be so proud of him. My, my brother would be a grandfather today. So it was, it, I, I, and I felt I'd lost the prize of the family. You know, he was the prize. He, he, he was undisturbed. He, he had an equilibrium about him that was very special. He'd be sitting here now and you, you, you'd, you'd, and he weren't flash. He was a funny boy, lovely boy. So that, that hurt me, you know, like it hurt anybody. Uh, When his son was born, they said it created the shame. I've killed his dad, what have I done? And so I just went on to, when I come home, I got arrested, went to prison, and then I went on a trail of destruction. I got on the ecstasy tablets. Uh, I was using copious amount of drugs. I had an affair, Uh, sadly. I went out of a girl, my wife's best friend, and I was in it badly, I was in it badly. And all I was trying to do was saying, look at me, I'm in pain you know, what's happened to me? Why me? Why me
0: brother?
1: And it was so big, this pain. But I hid it for many years because I I was a smart kid. I had a few quid, I had the cars and all that. Uh, And then I I had a bit of an emotional breakdown. Uh, I'd been to prison, come out, had the affair. um, And then I went back down to Spain in the the, the, uh, late 80s, early 90s. uh, and, And through my dad's connections, got bang at it. And started smuggling and, uh, you know, in a sort of a big way. Uh, and the connections I had with my dad. Uh, and it was still sort of young. The cannabis game was still young. And like I say, Bill, I, I wouldn't be talking about it if I hadn't got nick yeah. for it, or, or, but, I, but I did. So it became very exciting.
0: It sounds like losing your brother was the straw that broke the camel's back. Very much so. In a sense of like, you know, the fuckers came in. Shh. And that was it. Amen you know, quite a, a story of trauma and, mm. and, and what you went through in your family, and your mother mm. as well, yeah. having to bury not only a dad, but a son on the yeah. same day. Absolutely. You're on the run. Powerful stuff. You know it is powerful. Yeah. Wow.
1: But it comes with, uh, that's the consequences, isn't it? It
0: is, yeah. It but certainly is. I mean, there was plenty of consequences mm. throughout my life. Um, yeah. And I was accountable. Mm. You know, I couldn't justify or minimise Mm. The reality of it, it was it was there because I was doing it. Mm. You know, you can easily blame. Mm. I was, easy, you know, I was quick to blame growing up yeah. on uh, in poverty. Yeah. Uh, I was quick to blame getting picked on in school yeah. by kids. Cause, cause all this had an impact on on how how I went through life. It was the contributing factors For sure. that affected me. Look, I you know I don't even I don't know whether if it, if it was brought up in in, in the countryside, or, you know, had they probably been a village drunk, you know, had they been had they been using something? I get it. You know, and like, what what drugs did you end up like? And did did you did you get addicted to what was your your go-to drug? Uh,
1: I'm not against cannabis, yeah, yeah, but I'm not here to say like legalize it or anything like that, and I'm not saying it's wrong or right. So my my cannabis smoking was something that I enjoyed, yeah. See, I enjoyed a puff in the mornings, yeah. in the afternoon. So that was primarily primarily my, my my choice of drugs, but to to go to the explosion. And go to the wanting and the getting, and I want more, and I'm gonna be like this. And I, it was cocaine. Mm. So I, I, am I'm, I'm after Martin died, it was like I had a grow bag and all his grow bag, I constantly like cocaine round my face, up my nose, because I was selling it. I, I could had access to it, but I became a liability. I became a liability, and I knew that not a liability that I would ever tell tales, but uh, you know I weren't on time. I wasn't available, I'd be up till five or six o'clock in the morning, so I, I wasn't available to do what I should be doing. And it's okay doing, and I'm not looking at levels of criminality, but because this was a lot, an organised crime situation, you had to be on point. Uh, my dad and Joe got nicked at the end of the 80s, they got out of that, quite rightly so, and, and so there was a big break-up with my dad and Joe, they both went their own ways, Uh Joe, Joe went to prison, he got 14 years, and my dad said, listen, there's a chance here. So, so I had to get clean. But I got clean. I was an abstinence from it. Yeah. But I knew that if I was at graft and I was going to be nicked, I had to take responsibility. So when I went out to Spain, half broken again the second time, I sort of put, not the, I, I didn't put the cannabis down. But I was using it to medicate in a way. And then I started to get strong again. I was in the sun. I met another lady, a an nice young lady, Italian lady, and, and they're very mumsy. So I, 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 I got a home. So my home life became settled. Mm. And I responded to that, you know, and, and I kept away from the cocaine and I took work very, very seriously. But that became my addiction getting the money, doing the crime. I mean, it's very exciting as well, don't get me wrong.
0: And but um, extremists, aren't we? Oh,
1: <laughs> mate. I, I always say
0: this. I I, I saw pleasure, you know, in um, extremity. Yeah. You know, doing things that were pushing the boundaries Absolutely. always. Did you ever come across Howard Marks?
1: Yeah, cool, Mister Nice. Yeah, I, we knew Howard. Did you know Howard? Yeah? yeah. Howard Howard was a friend of Joe's and Brian's, so I met Howard. Later on, I, I knew his partner's wife quite well as mm-hmm. well. I still sometimes see her, but I, Al was, wasn't a friend, but he was an associate, and um, he was he was close to Joe and my father. Yeah, and he was a special man. I, I used to like. Uh, I, I was when I was going to Joe Paul's funeral, I got off the tube at Malden, and, and Al was there, and we got in the cab together. And even then, the eloquence of a wonderful voice. Uh, and there was just a, something about him he was very intelligent very funny uh, and and there was a warmness about him there was not an arrogance or like I'm Howard Marks that, that didn't exist no yeah, yeah yeah he was sort of did you did you meet Howard
0: no but i read i read his book uh, years ago when i was yeah. a younger offender. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and i was fascinated yeah, yeah, yeah. with the the way he used to change his identity yeah. and Clevel you know because there was a lot of growing up i was influenced by books hmm. and i felt when I was writing my own, I didn't want to invent a big glamorous lifestyle no. to entice young people into going down that road. Mm. I had to, It was dark. Absolutely. It was devastating. It was one of destruction, austerity, barbaric. You know, and it was a place that you don't want to go. And people go, "Well, you've had a book and you've had a movie." I, look, mm. if I could turn back the clock now, yeah, absolutely, and just go, "Look, I'd rather you know take a little another route than I would." Me too. You know, because I, I I going through all that, there's consequences going forward mm. physically. Yeah. You know, I might look on the outside okay, but mm. you know, th- physically there's, there's there's I'm broken in other areas. Yeah. Mentally, yeah. you know, my mind's fractured. Yeah. I think the only way I go through it is like by giving back. Mm. I give back to to society and the community. If I don't give back, then I take. Absolutely. And I'm on the take, and I'm on the taking and I'm on the take, and it's. Um, it doesn't make me feel good. They end up in places that I don't want to be.
1: What's that saying? We only keep what we got by giving it away. Yeah,
0: and that's, I believe that to be true. And in, in a sense, it's like, well, see, and that's for people who don't understand what we're talking about. Like We only keep what we, we, we have by giving it away. It's like people freely give us yeah. guidance, awareness, understanding, information, mm. time, love, compassion, understanding. We were given that freely. Yeah, we didn't right. have to pay for it. We didn't have to go to a therapist and yeah. go, oh, yeah, mate. You know 600 pound an hour
1: yeah
0: for sure yeah to talk about how you feel because that's what people do and yeah. they, they can go there for months and years and uh but we can go to a place uh, and we can get that freely absolutely so when we see excuse me, you know this michael when we see uh, people who have who are suffering whether they're on the streets so or whether <coughs> excuse me they the, the, you know if they've got money in the back pocket it doesn't matter it doesn't addiction doesn't separate no it doesn't go okay he's got money and he's homeless so will Separate the because yeah. the illness, and I'll call it an illness, is centered in our thinking and it's centered in my thinking anyway. It's centered, it's separate between the shoulders and it's absolutely it's constant now done. Yeah, that's
1: where it is. It operates right in that mindset, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think that's what we need to work on. I just wanted to ask you a question, yeah, as I was sitting here talking to you because I find y- you got my story, you know, just different places, different things. Mm. And I had that sort of when you said, I want to be like them. Yeah. Although I wouldn't admit it, because admit it, that wasn't my heart, but in the back of my head, it was like, yeah, yeah, like Frankie Franky, yeah. whatever that was. and
0: uh, Pretty Boy uh, Short, all old yeah, stories. Absolutely, yeah.
1: yeah. We knew Roy I, yeah. and uh, certain things, and uh, yeah, all that stuff. But one of the things that just touched me, I was just as you was talking, I, I saw your film, and, uh, and I've told you before, and we've only really just met, uh, <laughs> forget the glamour and beauty of the, of the production, because I thought you made it extremely well, but I followed your story through the eyes of my addicts, yeah, through the eyes of my compassion, through the eyes of my God. And, and I looked at you in that film, only because I know about myself and other addicts, what you had to go through. Thank God for your addicts, although it's destructive, it also gives you strength to do it. But I found in moments that you spent in that prison, really powerful, and I thought, my God, not oh, he's a tough boy, which you might be, but what you was going through, and we're creatures of habit, we can extend to anything, especially us addicts, there's a power in us, that once we have to do it, albeit destructive, the chaos is pretty tough to cope with if you're not an addict, yeah, and I, them moments in them prisons, when I was watching you, I thought, my God you know, what has this guy gone through? So it ticked the box, not because you made a film when you was in a prison in Thailand or wherever you were. Was it Thailand? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It ticked the box that this guy is getting into recovery to change his life. So there's admiration for the mere fact that you've had enough. You've hit your rock bottom. And it was a bit of a rock bottom, Bill, wasn't it? Yeah. But what a courageous thing for you to do. Because mm, otherwise yeah. we can take our own life, can't we, Bill?
0: We can, and- you know, you talk about rock bottoms, but I've heard it says, and I believe it to be true, that some rock bottoms have trap doors. We can, we can hit a rock bottom, and then boom, there's a trap door and we're hitting more rock bottoms. So I, I kept on writing. You know, when you go, this is you, yeah. rock bottom. Can't go any further than yeah, this, yeah, and then yeah. you go lower, yeah, yeah. and you're lower, and, you're, and you think, you know, what's next? Yes. There's only death. Yeah, there's true. only death next, yeah. you know, and... Um,
1: so true.
0: So to change and it, I, I like see this is this is good that we can talk about this stuff. Okay, there's a lot of uh, criminality and, and people love drama and, and, and they love all
1: that
0: yeah. that kind of stuff and some people don't. Mm. That's that's okay. Mm. But what I like is is the fact that we can redeem ourselves, mm. right? And not and I said this on a few podcasts, it's not about like, oh, they're not making money no more, so they're doing this and they wanna do that and it's not about that. It's like it, it, I think you grow up. Mm amen you grow up you wake up you want to share your knowledge to the youth of today that's correct and just allow them because i never had someone coming to my school no absolutely did you no no one came in look no so no one came in my school when i was younger right this is what i've done Mm. and this is the way i've lived Mm. And how do you what do you think about that? Not, not of that. No, not at all. I, we just had assemblies and we shown games, and that's it. Absolutely you know? same for me. Yeah, same for so me. It's, I think it's interesting. Even if you can reach out and just help that one person, that one child, and that one, you can go. Oh, do you know what? Thanks, mate. You know, um, it, 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 I, I'm thinking differently about what I do. That's it. Yeah. I've just, just the fact that the people think differently. Mm.
1: I think the concept of excitement, if we don't understand how unwell we are. Yeah. We, we only look for the bad things in life. That's why things like the chocolate will have you so taste so nice. Mm. It's like the apple in, in the Bible. Don't eat, I'm, I'm not getting religious, don't eat the apple. It looks beautiful. right? But, uh, so we, that, that, that quest for excitement. But the value of excitement that I get today, I, I would shift it away for, to, uh, and call it joy. The, uh, the, the joyfulness that I have today in helping another addict. Uh, and the benefits I get from it is it helps me. Uh, And I've got the big crime story, I'm not showing off, I have, it just happens to be it. And that was excitement, but to a level of dysfunction, there was always a flip side to that. Now the boys I work with, mentor a couple of boys, that joyfulness of seeing them get on their life always exists. I don't get a yin and a yang and a high and a low from it. Mm. I think,
0: God, terrific. And you haven't got an agenda. No. You're not doing it for a bouquet of flowers. No. No, and that's, that's what's important. It's like there's no self-seeking. No. Yeah, and it's um, it's all about like being of shavish. Absolutely. Which is important, I, I, I feel. I feel it's, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali shares in it, we placed on the shelf to be of shavish to other people, mm. which is true. Absolutely. If we go through life just taking and, and, and being selfish and self centered and thinking about me and oh, oh you know, Woe be me it, it, it you're gonna have a, a sad kind of <laughs> Absolutely. ending. Absolutely. And I've got a friend who says, Look, well, we need to finish life strong. We need to finish it strong. And we need to finish it positive because we're not here forever. But, I mean and while we're here, you know, it, it's about making a, a difference. I, I always say this, I've been, you know, I take responsibility for my actions you and, have to. and you know, I was um, like I was a dreg to society, I was a drain. Mm on my family, you know, I was, um, always in the prison system, and, you know, it was just, that merry-go-round, of like, mm. of prisons, institutions, and, you know, almost dying, mm. uh, to actually having the opportunity, and this is incredible, to have a platform, mm. to talk about, uh, the positive outcomes, that we can promote, absolutely, you know, you've written a book, Sins of Our Fathers, you've had to go through a, an experience you haven't written this because you know you're trying to because you know as well as me michael making writing books doesn't make you any money it's quite difficult you know what i mean um, so it's not a, it's not a money thing it's a message it's just a message yeah because this is a legacy that you're leaving behind for your grandkids
1: absolutely i mean you
0: know and they can go like this my uncle or yeah, uh, yeah. my uncle or yeah, my granddad yeah, yeah. And, you know michael um, so that's important it's 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 it is a message absolutely you know,
1: and um. do you know what I think? And um, so people might think, oh, they're trying to earn money or whatever they're doing out of it. But you, a couple of things you just said about finishing well. So we've just opened a charity, yeah, uh, and we want to develop the charity around the mental health, addictions, prisons, prisoners, and a lot of people out there with the with the pride mask on. and go, yeah, they're trying to earn money. What are they talking about? Blah blah blah. But if we shift away from that. Uh, and we look to the people who want hope because they're criminals or they've got a needle in their arm and God bless you, I pray you make it. This sort of stuff, from the insanities that we've been through, whether mine's a big drug bust or yours is in a Thai prison, it was painful, you know. Uh, and, and I think the message that we can give is hope. And our charity we've called Finish Well, yeah. So it's about finishing well. And, and I just would like to express that no matter how big the drug story is, how many views you get, how many this you get, how many TikTok, Facebook, whatever you get, the development of this, I pray, is that the people out there suffering, who, oh, no, I'm all right, right, <laughs> that when they're sitting there with a the dagger at their neck or a gun to the head or, the injured, or they want to hang themselves, please God, they don't, there's a book like yourself, mine, and a number of others that they can go, hold on, I could have wrote a great crime book if I wanted to. Yeah. I could have done, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> but, I, but, but I don't kiss and tell. But, but there's an exclusive story in my criminal life that would blow your pants off. And I'm not talking trying to beef myself up. But all of it is about me getting well so I can help the next Michael or you can help the next Billy walking around the corner and they don't have to go through the pain and misery. So we become like an hospital. We become, like, And we're not looking for any benefits. Well, I hope we're not, because the ego can play tricks with you. But I think these big stories like, your, like yours, and I'm not beefing like, like mine, I think on the, on the bear, it gives people hope. They can think whatever they like, but I guarantee a lot of people who listen to your stuff would love to say, well, I ain't wrote a book, Bill, but I'm bang in trouble. What do I do?
0: Many people do that. Where Many, do I yeah. go?
1: And that's the beauty of having the influence. Build. Do you know what,
0: right? I, I say this, Michael. Do you know what? I, I get a few messages. Um, people DM me and, and ask questions and have watched the podcast or they've, they've read a story and um, they've seen a movie. And and that has inspired them to, to reach out and ask for help. Terrific. Because they, they realise they're not on their own. We don't have to go to these specific places that that that, that, that I need to go to. Yeah, you yourself that, need to go to so, uh, that, that we don't need to mention. Um but with social media and the platforms that we do have, we can we can carry that message further mm. than your local environments. Absolutely, you know. And um, I've got people sending me, and I will reply to and respond to, to each and every one. But I can't promise I'll be there. But I can always shine, post people in the right direction. That's it. Because that to give to, to give yourself solely constantly is is quite training especially when you've got a family and a life and a career to kind of go down it's quite difficult but i can give a bit of me mm. and i believe that we can pass that on to someone else you can give a bit of them Absolutely. and a bit of him and a bit of her yeah. so everybody's giving a bit of something to someone yeah, 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 yeah. you know to make them whole and feel better yeah. you know and that's, that's that's i had a friend who passed away he, he ended his life uh, 18 months ago love the bones of him miss him dearly um, he was in recovery he was a close, close friend, knew him for a long, long time, and it hit me hard when he passed away. Right. Um, and he always said, you know, we can't be there all the time yeah. for someone, but we can always be there together yeah. when we can. Amen. You know, it's like it was just like it was just a little saying he had. I understand. You no, know, we can all we can all give a little bit of something. Absolutely. Because we haven't got it all to give. Absolutely. So I think it's important, and I always stress this: it's important to. You no, know, people are struggling to to reach out. Mm. You know, and, and mm. have faith that someone out there will yeah. listen to your story. Mm. Cause someone had faith in me, yeah. sat down mm. and listened to me and it was like it was mind blowing. But mm. you know, that that bit of empathy. Mm. Cause I always thought someone wanted something from me. Mm. If you sat in front of me telling me I was a nice person, I either thought you were gay. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry. seriously I thought you were the <coughs> guy <Excuse> me. <coughs> and that you fancied me yeah. because I didn't have no awareness or no, understanding right? I was yeah, yeah. emotionally stunted mm. and I was quite uh, arrogant mm. I had that air of arrogance yeah, so I, I didn't believe that you could give me any positive affirmation and tell me I was a decent kid mm. you're a nice fella you Whoa. Yeah. mate I'd rather you call me something yeah. unsavory because I'm used to that yeah for sure it was it was it was unfamiliar getting told mm. uh, I was a decent kid, so I, I I really found that difficult, and that was due to having no self esteem.
1: Do you think though? With uh, sorry to put it back to you, but show your book and your film. If if the ego in people want to go, oh, he's made a film, he's made a book. That's that's cool, but the people who are crying out for help, yeah. yeah. So say me for example, watching your film, and I I won't go over it again, but that. That moment when you was getting that train, yeah. Now, I enjoyed the film. I haven't read your book, and I'm looking forward to it. But that came out of that screen and thought, oh, I get that. Oh, I've got that. I needed that, that train moment, that, that stop moment. And so many people out there who can watch that film, because people like watching films and exciting films, but I hope and pray that a lot of people watching that film think, wow, wow. That man's got the balls to say, I, "I'm tough," which you probably are, but you know what? I'm broken, mm. and I want a way out. And you've put it on a big screen. So it takes it takes to do that. But isn't it nice when the people's ego gets flicked away and they go, "Bill, excuse me, I, I, I don't want to drive you mad, but c- can you tell me where you got your recovery? Can you tell yeah. me how you changed? And can you, you know, and and, and to, to then till today." from you, what you was there to what you are today, that's just encouraging. Mm. Forget the book and the film, that it works if you work it. Yeah. You know, and I've seen crime, and I must admit, your, your your film was full of naughty crime. It was violent, it was aggressive, it was all sorts of things. It was It was wonderful, it was sexual, it was crazy, it was manipulative, it was seductive. And all you wanted to do to say to everyone... I'm in trouble (laughs) here not because of the dick I'm in here I want to get out of that cell so I mean growing up he asked me about my criminal life so I was at the there was a murder in, and and I wouldn't be talking to you about this if if it weren't documented neither but there was a murder in a club uh, a man called John he was from Chelsea John Bindon and and there something happened there was an altercation and someone died and I was 18 and I witnessed it got in a bit of a thing myself there, uh, not, not violent, I uh, had a little fight, my dad was there, every face, we won't name them, was in that club, and uh, that was the, uh, I, I was given, anyway, it doesn't matter what I'd done, but it was the experience of the heart, the eye and the heart, and it didn't frighten me, and yet if a little mouse run out of that corner, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of stories just to abbreviate what I'm trying to express. It didn't worry me. When I was arrested at gunpoint, it didn't worry me. Not because I'm a brave man. Because, yeah, I was I was up for that. But, so, the the, the murder, or, or, or what happened there, I was there, I see it. I, 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 I've, I, I witnessed something, whatever. I, I, allegedly, I don't want to get myself in trouble here. But I'm talking about the trauma of the emotions. And it, fit, it, it ticks the box, yeah, Brian Emmett's son, and it was all there. And, uh, uh, uh. But you know ourselves when the addiction is starting to come on us that we're looking to be fed, whether it's drink, drugs, and don't they realise, well, I've got to look good. Oh, yeah, I was at the murder. You no, know, I, I wasn't at the murder, and I, I see it was an altercation and it, it was a manslaughter, or whatever, it was an accident, or whatever it was. Um, uh, and I don't want to open up a can of worms here, but it was the emotional level. Yeah, and I lived off the prestige for a little while, but it was a little man in there went, "Wow, is this what you want to be? Is this where you want to go?" And that drive, and then I went to prison a couple of times, and then I got out of it big time. I'm talking about we was arrested at the time for the largest importation of cannabis into this country. Yeah, so what does that mean? Oh yeah, right. But
0: the the irony of Michael, the mixture of an opposite,
1: yeah so i I've
0: got come go going back to that what you before you go carry on, but you know when you get to, you get arrested for the biggest drug haul in the u k right and you're on the landings right, and everybody knows about it yeah. do you feel the the prestige and the importance of it all just on the external side of things, but when you're in that cell Absolutely. you're like you can go out there and everyone's oh, you've done this, you've done yeah, that you're yeah. gonna get this, you're gonna get that and, and and you feel like a superstar mm. amongst other inmates. Correct. Right. But then that's all shuts mm. silently. Mm. You're in there on your own. Mm. There's no one's a kid. No. You can't fool anyone. Right. You're sitting on that bunk. Absolutely. Right. You're going, What the fuck?
1: Oh, it's unbelievable. Isn't
0: it's it? like it's always that. Don't you you're always saying and, and I know there's people out there, I should have done this. Yeah. I should have done that. If yeah. only Absolutely Right. We we, we go back we, we you know, we wish we had the time machine, we could do this differently. So, was that something that affected you? Did you feel ashamed? Yeah.
1: I'll no. tell you what done me. When, just prior to me getting arrested, and then I jumped straight onto that, I was in an environment in, in Morocco, yeah, and there was whatever was going on. There was some prestige people there. There was a weapon there. There was some some London faces there. And I'm the sort of the new kid on the block. All nonsense, yeah. All I want to do is have a puff. And they're all talking about multi-million pounds uh, smuggling operations. And I'm there. I'm, I'm 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 not that my dad was anything special, but he had a bit of influence, and I'm his son. And I looked apart. I was a lot heavier than this. I was a bit fitter. And I want to, they said, no, no, you don't. And I tried to smoke. Said, eh, it knocked the life out of me. And I put my feet up on this sort of chair thing and a mouse run from behind the curtain. And I jumped up, <laughs> petrified <laughs> And went And they I went, what's this wrong? I said, my God, there's a mouse. And they went, yeah, it's what? It's who cares?" <laughs> my mate Bobby's going to meet me. I said, no, but Bob, there's a mouse that I've got. I'm stoned, I'm yeah. frightened. Yeah. Now, if you transfer that man, that's the broken child, they must yeah. have thought, God, who are we dealing with here? You're just <laughs> petrified of a mouse. So for me to admit that, yeah, yep, yeah, four or five months later, I'm arrested with a gun to my head, and I'm not giving it the big in here, but that adrenaline of the addict, the man, I, I weren't frightened, and that's the truth. As soon as I switched emotions to my children, I acted like a child. Now, taking that into all consideration, that's the yin and yang of Michael. Absolutely fearless, but absolutely fearful. Absolutely happy, absolutely unhappy. There was no equilibrium. There was no... I didn't know about boundaries. Mm. I I fought on my feet. I was excitable, and I was unexcitable. I was pretty, I was ugly. I had everything going for me. In the nick so we arrived first one a bit shocked there's 14 of us because we smuggled it on a a fishing boat it's all fishermen and fishmongers and people from devon lovely fellas actually hard working fishermen you can't beat them and they were genuine blokes all kept their mouths shut very my mate peter well associate of mine they was first class you know and they knew we was in trouble we're the londoners so my dad don't want no nighter. My dad don't like all that. It, there was, he, his name was in Reggie Cray's book. He ripped the page out. He didn't want to be known. He, he acted like an old man. Me, this your father? Uh, yeah, he didn't want to be this sort of uh, this big gangster. My dad really, for the crimes that he committed, you Google my dad, you you, you won't find. He didn't like this. He didn't like all that stuff. Mm. Writing books. Now he's saying a book about crimes. A book about faith. It's just got crime in it. But to your question, I remember being on the landing. Yeah, and you get popular because I should have been a cat prisoner. We were cat A. we was armed, esc- escorted armed officers everywhere we went, um, On the, uh, going to court, and I mean heavy. There was a, there was a talk that they was gonna bust one of the uh, international people who was with us, Frenchman, he was a lovely guy, Dennis. They was gonna get him off the bus. So there was armed officers. It was crazy. It was like moving the IRA. <laughs> it really was. and, and But it, we should have gone into a ACAP prison in Bristol, but they weren't ACAP prisoners, the rest of the, the other people working with us. And, I, and I'm still friends with a chaplain from the prison today, a lovely man called Bill. He said, I don't know how you stayed in Exeter prison. <laughs> but God had a purpose, I believe. Spiritual stuff had a purpose. And I remember standing outside my cell I just smoked a, a skunk joint or whatever that is, stuff is. I'm, I'm out of my brains. I'm, I'm old and I'm holding court, as you do, because of the... Oh, look at him, he's smuggler, he's this, his dad's there, all that nonsense. And it fixes you for a little while, when I'm high. And this geezer walks up to me, he a lifer. I can't remember his name. But he'd done 22 years. Uh, and after two years, he got clean and sober this is what he said to me and it was a turning point for me and my life had been chaotic you know and he went Michael there's only one person who you need to get on with in this nick and I went oh <laughs> you know as you do all fear based Well, someone down the land you know I ain't frightened of no one this is what my head's saying <laughs> yeah. and he said there's only one person you've got to get with and I said who's that he said it's you he said, you must get on with yourself. And that that was like a drill going through my head. And I sat in the cell, in the same cell as my dad, by the way. I mean, that was pretty mad. And, and I'm thinking, I don't get on with Michael. I don't, and it was the first start. And I'd had the Catholic stuff because of my grandmother. Listen, I always believed in God. I used to pray to get me cannabis own. If you please get this one over, and I'll never do it again. So there was always that broken child and this big tough man I didn't have an identification I didn't know who I was I've been very wealthy I've been very skint mm. I've drove Range Rover cars I can't afford an Oyster car. I've had beautiful houses I've been homeless so my addict that, that, that yin and yang of me has taken <laughs> me to so many vocal places yeah. big crimes I thought they was joking when they nicked me bill yeah. big gun to me Ed. there were 60 officers there you know I think 16 or 14 was armed Night sights and go, it was like madness. It was like a, like a film set, yes. uh, and in, even in that, it was like it was theatrical. And I thought, what are they do? T- what are they do? T- they do? They saying it's a serious for? <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't get it. I yeah. didn't, go, you know, I didn't understand what real life was all about. Yeah. Although I had this beautiful art, my head was so crazy. No wonder my mum thought I was a schizophrenic for a little while. Not that she thought that, but she she did question it. But mine was the spiritual malady. Mine was that addict. Mine was that the, the, the good and the bad that didn't sort of resonate. So the answer to your question was, I like that in the nick. Yeah, for a while. But then I took the faith on board. So that came with a real, what do you mean? You, you can't be a Christian. You can't have a faith. You're, you're meant to be this big tough boy. Yeah? So that, that as much as there was popularity, there was also a question mark there there was a snigger there there was a ridicule but I knew that I had to change not from being a criminal not from being anything but I had to change because I wanted to feel at peace I wanted to like myself I wanted to have a conversation with myself not based on what I could get who I could have sex with how much money I could earn who I could lie to I didn't want it no more. I didn't want the manipulation, and and, and I still struggle today with it. But you know, I didn't. A, I did drink for 22 years, and um. And I've done a lot of work on myself, but it's waiting there, and if it ain't in a drug, it could be it could be in anything else. So I'm. I've had to lose everything to find. The real me, mm. and and I and I've started to like myself a bit, to be honest with you. And I've done some mad stuff. I, I I've slept with my my wife's, sorry Tracy, but I slept with my wife's best friend. I I, I loved this girl. I, I went out with, and then a few years later, uh, when I come out of prison as as a faith believing man in recovery, um, I had a beautiful business with a boy, and I'm not being funny, but it's worth. For fortune today, but that's not the issue. the The wealth of it, the, the the wealth of my love for this man. He was my brother. I adored him, and he was a very, very he was a wonderful boy. And I slept with his wife. Yeah. So I have repeated. This is no excuse because I have to take responsibility. Yeah. So I, as a child, I got abuse. So I I I had these affairs. And I repeated the behaviour that was impregnated in me as a very young man. So I became the abuser. Not not sexual abuse, but I went out with women who I shouldn't have been going out with. It was very close to home. My My abuse was close to home. I found it exciting, living on the edge. The high of it was like incredible I'm not talking about the intimacy I'm talking about the high of the dysfunction it was such an adrenaline fix and I hated myself the following day and 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 I lost that I lost businesses but th- 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 forget about the businesses I take that back I lost they were loves of my life These yeah people. yeah and and it broke my heart so that was the high level of my addiction was I a dirty no good bee? In the in the eyes of the world, yeah. But in the eyes of the spiritual side, no. I was a very broken man, so I pat myself on the back because I don't do that today. Does it make do, do I want to be popular? I was quite a popular young man. Uh, I became unpopular because of my behaviour. Um, and, and and if I go on what other people think, I'm going to be constant behaving in a way that suits what you think about me. Don't exist no more. So I have to love myself. And I think one of the special gifts I've got, besides my faith, and I'm not religious, is the love of my grandchildren, like I said earlier. And the commitment to do what's right. If I do what's right, then I'm getting there. And I'm talking about coming from a multi-million pound lifestyle, if you want to be honest with you, to not being out to get on a bus. It was quite a dramatic change. And like I say, that's where I sort of think my rock bottom was. But there are trap doors still av- available if I want to choose them. But I think it's about growth. on the- That's why I like the program, one day at a time. So I'd seen all the mad criminals. I- I'd met all the mad criminals. I've had all the mad money. Um, but for me today, one of the most, one of the things that I'm very happy about, I, I began a course in prisons. It's a Christian course. And people go, ah, oh, Christianity, whatever. That- that's, their ch- that's their stuff. But for me, we started a course called the Alpha Course. And it's gone around the world, it's in 900 prisons around the world. And I don't look for an ego prestige thing out of that. What I look at is thinking, wow, I was at the beginning of something that's done good for people. Mm. And I've seen people get saved, there was a man on death row who done this course, he got reprieved. Not done to me, nothing to do with me. But I was part of something organically that grew without investing money, without manipulating anybody, it grew because it was the, pa- like the... Like the room or whatever, it grew because it had spiritual growth. So I've seen spiritual growth be productive. Mm. So why not believe in it? Why not embrace it? If I, if, if I go to the opinion of the world, I'm screwed. Because the opinion of the world go, you're weak, you're this, you're that, you've took this, you've done that, you've done that, what a fool, you've lost your money, what you've done to your kids. That's what the world wants to say but if I can use that as a platform to say, do you know, I don't do that no more, there's a chance, and you've got a way with it, you say, be cool, you know, whatever, you know, you're no class to you, but I just think, integrity and honesty, which I still struggle with, Bill, to be honest with you, it, 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 it is the mainstay for, for success in life, if I'm true to myself.
0: Yeah, I, see, that that all stems, that that's brilliant, how it all stems from the, that life of eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's only one person you need to get on with Absolutely. and that's with michael and i remember like my first introduction into recovery and someone said bill you only need to change one thing about yourself and i was thinking oh yeah you know what's that you know is it is it my arrogance is it my attitude he said you need to change everything mm-hmm. and that for me was like what oh, do you mean change everything i like because i like parts of me that kept me Alive, I thought, you know, like my humour, the survival, you know, because we go through a whole process of uh, learning about ourselves, and you say, well, you need to remove this, you need to rid yourself of that. And I'm thinking, what, lust? Yeah. Oh, but, but, but my desire for women is yeah. quite strong, you know, I was young, I was hot-blooded, you know, so I, I felt, okay, I'll leave that for a bit, you know. I was very selective in in, in, um, in these rituals of, of life, and um, greed, and... I could be, I could be more self, self, selfless, and help a newcomer, and you know, it's, it's. So I was very, yeah, like I said, I was selective in, in the way I wanted. See, and you thought about the integrity and honesty, and it's a big thing because I remember, you know, my first counselor saying to me, you know, have you got integrity? And I did not know what that meant, <laughs> right? right? So I thought, what? Does, I get that. I, what's he talking about integrity? I heard words like when I first came around, was like, we're procrastination I wasn't I didn't I wasn't brought up with that kind of language you know um, and I felt I felt like less than other people mm. who were using that and I felt they were elevating themselves with fancy words mm. to make themselves important put me down it's just well, the, okay. this is the way yeah. Yeah. so when I heard like integrity and I was thinking because my my, my my uncle Freddie right he's still alive and I don't know where he is and you know he helped me a lot Years ago when I was in prison. He used to write me letters. I didn't know. He was in recovery, right? I did not not know nothing about that back then. I wasn't interested. No one told me about it. And he never put it on me. I just heard later on as the years went by. But he used to write letters to me, right? And um, he'd have big, long words. And he'd say to me, find out what... um, what was it that he, he was talking about? He talked about uh, this this word, word. Which I had I had to go to the library and get a dictionary and look it up. You know, I think it was incrediculous. He wrote something. what the fuck that mean? What does it mean? It, it means like disbelieving, unbelieving. Yeah. It's incrediculous. and it was like great you can
1: pronounce.
0: Yeah, it. you know, I <laughs> think I couldn't even read it. At the to I screw. But there was, they used to write, and I used to want to find out why. And I think that's important when you want you're willing to learn, you're willing to change. You know, you're willing to, 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 to extend them goals and go further than you can. Mm-hmm. You know, push those boundaries physically mm-hmm. and mentally yeah. to, to to improve. So when I hear, uh, like, you need to change one thing and it's everything, mm. I, do you think that's a, a, quite a difficult task? Very, very you that's know, that's why it's
1: one day at a time, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's like the honesty. Is, you know, I'm quick to deny because I've been used to it.
1: We're, sick of, we're as sick as our lie, aren't yeah, we? Yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that's the question. Not, wasn't me. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you could, because, was it me, yeah. We were taught to lie as kids as criminals. Yeah.
0: We? Well, it's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's learning to adapt and, and change.
1: But do you know what I remember, even as a, as a kid, um, I used to have a few fights as a kid, and I weren't bad. Yeah. But I can also remember times when my bottle went. Oh, yeah. Over, the, over someone who wasn't so dominant, so powerful, but it was that mice situation. Ah, some mice. D- don't matter what day it was, I wasn't sure what Michael would turn up. I could be the most gallant, sort of. And this addiction stuff, for anyone who's listening, it's very, very powerful. And it ain't only about getting clean. It's about doing the work that you just said. Changing everything, and we want to change. We want to be do good. As this, is what I was like early days. No, I want to do well today. I want to do it genuinely. I would love to build an environment where we're helping kids abroad at the moment. Yeah, uh, I don't want to promote what we're doing because it's like we're doing. I like to do it privately with God, but we've got a little African family um, that we've got no money, and I know that there's people suffering here. Uh, but I've got a heart for Kenya because I've been there, spoken the prisons out there, and um, I've t- attached myself to this little boy. Had nothing; parents have both died, and and, I, I, and he touched my heart. Yeah, so we got him some chickens. He's laying a few eggs, uh, and then we and this is part of the charity. A little bit of land that we that he had there that was wasteland. We we, we sort of helped him to re-, re turf it, seed it, and they're growing vegetables. Uh, and, and for me, uh, honestly, wh- when he sends me a video of what he's doing, I go on my own and I think, no one knows, and we've been doing it a few months, so I'm not trying to say, oh, look at us, we're doing good. But they're the little things in life that I, I, I find is part of my healing. Yeah. Uh, and I think they take away the dysfunction that might just come along of, 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 of well, you know, uh, give it, make sure you build them a school or whatever. <laughs> But the, to, be, to being genuine and just helping this guy along the way. And plus, we help people here in the UK. So we're trying to establish ourselves, yeah, in an, a, in an environment where we do get loads of money, yeah? We, and the reason why we want to try and earn loads of, or get loads of peace, loads of integrity, and loads of financial blessing... So we generally do want to help other people. And you need those sort of things to attach yourself to. So sorry that I mentioned the money, but it's, it's a big thing. Because if we, we can give our time and we can give our love. But like the homeless thing, I, 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 the young lady you met here previously, she works big time in the homeless and I went along and, and worked there. And I struggled with it at first. But, but once I got into it, and these guys sleeping on the street, women sleeping on the street, and and, and, and I'm not trying to beef the homeless thing up, because I work with a lot of prisoners as well, but when you think about the, the money that's wasted, and people go, yeah, oh, 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 I'll do that for a mile. and we do it for a f- good feel factor as well, but I would genuinely want to use, pray God, the influence that this may bring, and it's early days for me, I'm, not, I'm new at this game, and I would love to be have a platform where people, not because I want everyone to know, or, yeah, uh, but I'd like to be able to help people coming out of prison. Not me, the people around me, showing them that they have a value. I'd love to get a working farm, actually, yeah. and get them on the working farm. Let them know that it, it, you can be loved. The traffic women I have an art for, yeah? Um, all the addictions. And, and, and the inner city kids, these kids growing up in this inner cities who don't know no different. That, and I'm not judging the parents, but, you know, have been brought up by single parents. They've seen levels of addiction, of, of cannabis in these iRide blocks, And it goes on everywhere. No is it a class distinction. But I just think if this project could bring some clarity, some influential people like ourselves without wanting to have big numbers and egos, and it's all right to get them, but that influence, if it's for the purpose of good, for the next Billy coming round the corner, the next Michael coming, and I'm not trying to fix the world, I don't want to be the big shot, I, I want to create, what I used to create in the world, I was quite good at creating big things, yeah? Although I was the frightened boy. I'd like to create something big today, or however long it takes for the influence of people, because I've seen these spiritual programs grow, i bear witness to it, where people can come, sit down, and really understand that what we're trying to do is give it away so we can keep clean, and these people ain't got to go through what we, or maybe they have to, I don't know what their journeys are, but I want to substantiate that so my children's children can understand that Christmas morning, sometimes you have to get up and go to the homeless shelter and give them your present away. I'd love them to have that moralistic value view on life rather than, I've got nine new pair of training shoes and I look what my kids get and what they give their kids. Christmas is a lovely morning, but I just think the influence at a very young age to be able to give away your time, your love, your compassion... Because it's a broken world, Billy.
0: Yeah, you don't have to wait till you get to our age, do you? No. Which is um, which is sad really. I hope oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it did make sense. It made a, a lot of sense, and um, I've loved every minute of this conversation. Me too. It's, it's kind of turns out a bit differently than what what I expected, and that and that's that's good because I don't say it up and have certain plans. I think it's you know I looked at you and, and I spoke to you this morning, and you live in humble surroundings. You haven't got a massive ego. You're not. You know you're not look i could sell you know you wouldn't put your hands in your pocket going to cafe. and that it's uncomfortable for people because you you need to show it but it was nice it's nice it's nice what you do and um i appreciate it um and we're coming to the end though right michael so where can you get this book you can i mean
1: the COVID is restricted us doing what we're doing but yeah. it's it's, it's uh, online i think is the quickest way yeah yeah amazon Waterstones, all, all the big sort of people out there. So you can get
0: this in Waterstones and Amazon?
1: Yeah, but Amazon's, I think where you've. I think yeah, that's where the, the big stock is. That's
0: the bigger platform, isn't I it? I think really, so. Yeah.
1: But I just want to say something before we close off. So you can find me if you want to have a look at us. We're trying to grow organically. We're on Instagram, on Michael Emmett Official. There's a Facebook thing. There's a TikTok thing. Oh, I don't do it. Other people <laughs> do. And we're trying to create, and we get a number of people who are following us now like me and you, Billy, who want a chance, and then can you pray for my kids? Can you help my husband or whatever? But I could have give you a, a, a crime podcast, but I was determined not to. I'm sorry, oh, no, it's okay. I've <laughs> taken to you that that one of the things on. And listen, I ain't giving blasting your ego here, but that train line thing in your film was like a message. My dad, used. I remember things my dad used to say to me. And I think that was so poignant, I thought, I want to meet this fella. Not because you made a film or you made a book and I've heard nice things about you. Cause there was something in that drama, because I identify that pain.
0: Well, let me tell you, let me tell you while I got the chance, because it's a writer both in my first story and um, that moment and how it happened. Yeah, please I'd, do. I'd come off a would come off a motorbike in a lab before I'd been arrested, so it injured me side. Uh, the, the the motorcycle had landed on me chest it crushed me ribs, punching my lung. It 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 ripped me intestines, wires up me. I was stitched up in Bangkok. I had operations, I had three surgical operations from a prison, in Thailand. Um, and what was, year was it, Bill? This was in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. Now I'm in, um, I'm in Chiang Mai Central Prison yeah. Hospital. Well, not in the prison. It, uh, they took me from the prison to the hospital. I'm on the seventh floor. I've got shackles on my ankles. Yeah. Right, the chains weighed weighed three kilos. Now, the nurses have wrapped bandages around them because they they clink, 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 and it was disturbing the other, the the patients. I'm putting a bed in a room with six other other men. They were just, they were, you know, patients who were coming to to the hospital for whatever reason. Um, And I was the only foreigner. Uh, There was one prison guard that used to come, 12-hour shifts, he'd come in, let on, walk away and you wouldn't see him all day, that's all. And after a couple of days, I thought, I need a cigarette here, because I was smoking at the time, I want a cigarette, I was desperate for a no one had none, so I got up, went to Tully, went down the, um, the fire actually, seven flights of stairs. With the shackles on your with feet? With the shackles on my feet, walked down the stairs, opens this door, looks out, and it was surreal, right? The sun was cracking the flags, there was little picnic blankets out, there was people sitting there drinking, all side people, yeah, families, you've come to the hospital to visit f- f- friends and family. Um, and it's just, look, you come from that prison, from the hospital to this, and you're outside, and you're seeing families just enjoying yeah. life and uh, and doing things that I should have been doing. Yeah. And, and, and I took that step forward, and no one looked, and, and, and no one followed me. So I took another step further, and then I approached when he was smoking, bummed a cigarette, the tanks went back smoked it went back to me 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 bed no one had seen me no one heard and battered an eyelid and i thought okay so i'm gonna do this again and i remember uh catherine so you
1: went back the first time
0: yeah i went back to the room i was having front downstairs back up to the stairs and catherine gave me some money well, Catherine was a missionary. She used to come to the right. prisons to see us. She yeah, was yeah. a Christian missionary. Yeah. She looked after us. She yeah. gave us food twice yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah. Made sure we were okay. Yes. Our health and well-being. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the kind of people that I Lovely, was that yeah. would come to see us. Now I'm, I'm in me in me in my room in the hospital again. she's comes to visit me and I, it's for a thousand baht, which is about twenty odd pounds Two, at the time. Yeah. So. I said, I just needed to buy food when they come round, because they used, they used to come round and buy sell bits of baskets of fruit and stuff. So I was like, give us that up and get a bit of food. Went, Are you okay. still in the hospital I'm anymore? still in the hospital No, right. I'm in the hospital for a week, right, right 10 days. Um, this is about the fourth day, you know. I had, any, had any my operation the day, the day, the day right. after I got there. So I'm just there recovering mm. and getting looked after. I've got a big bandage on my side here, by the way. Mm. Right, these shackles. Um, I'm about thirty thirty-three I am. I'm quite quite young. i am younger than I am now. Um so I've made this I'm I'm, I'm an addict as well. I'm in a grip of addiction <laughs> here. You know, I'm on, I'm on all kinds of drugs and I knew that in Thailand the chemists sold Tramadol tablets, yeah. right? Over the counter and diaszy and everything. And I remember going down the stairs again, outside, I had this thousand parts, it was daytime. So I took a step forward and I marched over. Cause you could see the shops, the Seven Eleven, the chemist. I was going to the Seven Eleven to buy cigarettes Still with this money. The shackles. With the shackles, but I had a sarong on. Yeah, yeah. So the sarong covered yeah, yeah, the yeah, shackles. Yeah yeah, you yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the sarong on covering the shackles, and I was doing baby steps. Yeah, yeah. My focus was on the Seven Eleven. I was going to get a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. This is me, me plan. Yeah. Bottle of whiskey, a little bottle of whiskey, twenty kron six cigarettes. Cigarettes they were called. Bypassed the. Um, 7-eleven the, the chemistry was next door walked in and bought 500 samadol or a thousand samadol tablets for for like 450 baht. went back got some cigarettes a little bit of whiskey and i drank them taking the tablets smoking just just doing what i could just ended up speeding off these tablets anyway so
1: outside still
0: yeah, it was just you notice know, is I'm in the room now. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, but I'm smoking the cigarettes outside. I'm just up and down now. I'm freely going up and down I now. No that. one's seeing me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so You're comfortable. no one's, no one's even. Yeah, I'm comfortable yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. one's questioning anything. So I, I feel it's like just going outside oh, yeah. right now. I'm just going down, but yeah. no one's saying nothing. It was two in the morning. The tablets are finished. So I'm lying there thinking, I've got them going. I'm making. A, I'm going to make a break for it. And this is it. Was in the movie. Um, we've come down the back steps, two o'clock in the morning, open the exit door, gone out, no one's out there, obviously it's pitch black, goes across the grass, climbs over this chain link fence, wow. now, I'm in the streets of Chiang Mai, yeah. right? Yeah. and I'm walking down these alleys, yeah. towards the railway track, and what's going through my mind, Michael, was, I've got shackles on, I've just been sentenced to three years, it's not a long time, considering, where am I gonna go? You know, what's gonna happen? You know.
1: Did you know anyone
0: there? I knew no one. I thought I'm gonna get crashed up either shot. I'll end up going back to prison and getting a twenty five yeah, year Yeah, no, I get it. So there was a lot of stuff yeah, going yeah, through my sure, mind. Yeah. But I carried I was walking forward and I was just like, surrender. That's what coming to my head. Amen, yeah, get surrender it. from the heart, and I remember just thinking, go back. Yeah. Go back. There's not, there's not, there's not on forward for you there. Mm. You know, you need to face reality, face the consequences, deal with it. Mm. I went back and, and and, and you know what, sometimes I think to myself when I was there, why did I go back? Because I suffered a hell of a lot. Mm. I I experienced and and observed loads of murders, rapes, you know, it was, it was horrendous. Because it was only at the beginning of that sentence. Mm. And it was three years, and three years is a long time. Tell it's me. a long time, it's, it's especially you know in, in a foreign country. So I went back, and you know sometimes I keep myself. I, said, I should have went, I should have done. But now on reflection, it was the best. It saved your life. It saved my life. Yeah. So I hope that's cleared a few yeah, yeah. moments for you. I mean, the film is is adapted from my life story. Does ninety percent of the the film is accurate because I worked alongside John Stefan, who's a great, great director, and. You know, the screenwriter, the Hirschbein, we, we sat down and we and we mm. went through this mm. all together. And there was a few things that he wanted to put in for drama. And
1: great scene. You know, uh,
0: yeah, great. It was just great. It was just a great great. So story. that
1: bit when you had the fight in the ring, you was injured, weren't you?
0: Yeah. Was that true? That was true. So what they did, because I was told I couldn't fight no more. Because of all, injuries? Because of injuries. And they blamed it on my addiction. Which it was, because... If he hadn't been using, I wouldn't have crashed that motorbike uh, yeah. because I was looking. I was. I was using opium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was buying opium in in and, and Yabba yeah, yeah. tablets and, and a couple of people whistles, wolf whistles, and yeah. I looked and I. And I was on the wrong side of the road and these two taxis were coming forward at me and they hit me and it, it was it was a alive. I was I, rushed, I was rushed to an hospital in la It was five miles away by this Irish kid on a yeah, wheelbarrow, yeah. and the wheelbarrow was just full, just gushing, swishing, wow. full of blood. Wow. Um, I've got a hole, and people knew know me. I've got I mean, half of my my stomach's being ripped apart um, through this. I couldn't breathe. I remember these two, but this is your podcast now. I no, remember no, these. No, I remember no. these two. Um, these two soldiers walking in. With AK 47s and he had them banana clips. It was yeah. quite. And then he had tape rad, It was one of those double ones, you know, where uh, clinicians were yeah. Um, and he just looked at me. One pulled out the camera and took a picture. And I thought that was quite odd. Yeah. But I had a, a load of tablets, yeah, my methamphetamine tablets in my pocket. And my f- focus, my thinking was like, I hope they don't find the drugs. I'm fucking dying, <laughs> by the way. Like, <laughs> like, my next thinking was That's like, typical, like isn't it? they've gone. <laughs> where can I go and use? Right, yeah. I can't even breathe.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but my, my my the most important thing to me you wanna is want to get high. Change the way I feel. Change the way I feel. Right, the day and yeah. I, 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 I got a breath because I got turns onto my side and I must must have moved the rib and boom, me be lung fill full of it. I said to this Irish kid, look, get get me out of here right now. He said, oh my God. He said, I thought you were Russian. He had that Russian look. He said, I didn't know where you were from. Yeah. He he took me in a taxi. And I, straight away, I was, gone, I was gone. They could not do nothing for me in the It was like, I was on a floor on a mattress with a doctor with a dirty white coat on, right, with a clipboard saying he was going to die. That's all I heard, right? And um, I thought, fuck this, and, uh, get me out of here. Going back to, he took me back to his house. I'm in his house smoking, yabba tablets in the, in the bathroom, right? Um, in the morning, he takes me to the border. I get on a bus, Chiang Mai, I'm in bits now, Michael. And black and blue, you know. It's all starting to so come out bruises. And just, <laughs> oh. Some girl, some Thai girl, quite friendly of my, quite friendly with me. She came and met me at a uh, Chiang Rai, and we went to Chiang Mai uh, Hospital, and I stayed there for three months mm. before I went into to, to uh, before I went into the streets and even created more consequences, getting arrested. And that boxing scene was like, you know, all I had left in me whilst I was there. Was the fight. Yeah. The fight to survive, the yeah, fight to live, sure. the site the fight to go forward. You take that away from me and I was gonna tie. No, okay. And um the even the saying at the boxing the idea John, he knew that and um, just 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 allowed me to continue. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a great decision. It wasn't the best decision, but it was mine. Yeah. And I'm here today to to talk to you about it. Fish. But yeah, so I, I didn't mean to go on there, Michael, no, to be it. honest. And I, I, I know it's people no, might... No, leave
1: it. I, I, yeah. I, I don't cut that out. It was
0: fantastic. So, but what I do say is that at the end of every podcast is um, any pearls of wisdom. So what would you, right, say to a young Michael Emmy coming through the doors of life before we finish?
1: Oh, I'll tell you what I would say is, is uh, establish what your truths are. there's there's, there's the ego there's the pride which the world sort of wants to sort of talk to us about but i think the key to everything yeah is not the love of a woman or the love of lust or, or or the love of your children maybe or the love of life the most important thing for anyone is to love ourselves not by what trainers we're wearing on or we've got on or what shoes or clothes or, 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 or do we look good for our friends? Which is part of growing up. But I think if we learn to be kind to ourselves by, what, by, by sleeping well, by training well, by speaking well, by being kind, like the Bible says, love thy neighbor. So I think if we learn to love ourselves uh, and believe that we are something, you know, we're designed perfectly. Each of us are. We have a purpose, I believe, in this life. Because if the purpose is earn money, have kids, when you get to 50 or 60, you think, well, hold on a minute, what was all that about? Because nothing exists. Mm. All that materialistic things. But I think to love ourselves gives us humility. It gives us hope. And if we can love ourselves, it enables us to love other people. And I think that that's... And if you're struggling... The word surrender seems to be weak. The word surrender's strong. They don't like the word God. I'm not sure what you think of all that. But let's come away from that. Let's think about the, the air that we breathe. You know, we spin around in space. We take it all for granted. You know, it's night time in Australia at the moment. No one's got a light switch on. It's a miracle. We're, we're miracles. And I think if we take from life something kind so we can give something back, in anyone struggling, be good at sport, be good at what you like. But the most important thing, I think, is to learn to love ourselves. It's brilliant. Thank, you.
0: Brilliant. Thank I, you. I loved it. Thank you. I loved it. And Thank with, you. With that, Michael. Bless you. Bless you. Michael. Thanks for inviting me. Any Sam. Had a great time. Thanks, Bill. Bless you.